0: Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. James, chapter 4. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have, because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think that Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell within us? But he gives us more grace. That's why Scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter into mourning and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. Now, this chapter has a lot to say about the battleground of our thought life. In verse 1, we read, what causes fights and quarrels among you, don't they come from the desires that battle within you? And so these desires that battle within us, you know, a lot of times you hear Christians attributing every problem they have to the devil. But honestly, friends, we have more problems as believers with our flesh and with our human desires that are contrary to the will of God than we do with outright attacks from the devil. Of course there is a devil, and of course he takes great joy when we do things that are contrary to the will of God. But I don't believe the devil himself is standing in front of every believer 24 hours a day, seven days a week, trying to tempt them to sin against God. More often, I think it's our fallen nature at work within us that leads us astray. And so we're not to submit to the the thoughts that come that are contrary to the will of God. Someone once said, a funny little illustration, they said you can't stop a bird from landing on your head But you can stop it from making a nest in your hair. And the point being, you can't stop evil thoughts from passing through your mind, but you don't have to hold on to them and meditate on them and let them take root in your mind. So this battle that rages within us, this battleground of our minds, is our responsibility. We're to have the mind of Christ, the thought life of Christ, and to pray that our thoughts would be in agreement with His thoughts, that our words and our lives would be in agreement with His words and His life. And we go on to read in verse 2, You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have, because you do not ask God. And when you ask... You do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. This idea of not having because you haven't asked God is often talked about among believers that you haven't prayed about something, you haven't asked God, therefore you don't have what you haven't asked for. But very few go on to read that next verse that says, When you do ask, You don't receive because you're asking with wrong motives so that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. In other words, your prayer life is selfish. It's self-centered. It's not centered on the will of God. It's centered on the will of self. And so the majority of our prayer lives, friends, should be involved with bringing our lives into alignment with the will of God. Asking God for grace, asking God for guidance, asking God to shape us as the loving potter that He is so that our lives might um, line up with what He envisioned for us before we were even born. Our prayers should not be selfish. We shouldn't be praying for things that are just self-serving and appealing to our flesh nature as we were talking about our thought life, the things that appeal to our thought life. But our prayers should be bringing before God petitions that would pray His will into our lives and into the earth realm. We're not trying to pray our will before God. We're trying to receive His will on earth as it is in heaven. We're trying to facilitate His will on earth as it is in heaven. And so we're not to spend our our prayer lives or our thought lives seeking after things with wrong motives. We need to seek after those things that give God pleasure. We read in verse 4, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace? That is why Scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. You see, friends, if you read Scripture carefully— The devil himself became the enemy of God by virtue of his pride. Over and over again, he said, I will, as opposed to thy will. Jesus came saying, Father, thy will be done. But the devil kept saying, I will do this, I will do that. His pride is what caused him to rebel against the living God. And so God opposes the proud, but gives favor to the humble. I think of all the sins that beset mankind Pride is one of the most difficult to deal with, because in your pride, when you suffer from pride, you have a great resistance to humbling yourself. But through humility and submission to the Lord and asking for forgiveness and showing repentance and behavior in keeping with repentance, we receive the benefit of the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross that He withstood for our benefit The proud don't approach the cross. The humble approach the cross. The proud don't repent of their sins, but the humble repent of their sins. The proud don't know how to relate to the living God because he's humble and lowly of spirit, the Bible says. But the humble can relate to the living God. So friends, we need to humble ourselves, submit to the Lord. Everyone will ultimately submit to the Lord. But in the days of our flesh, we have the opportunity to voluntarily submit to his will and to his ways. Remember, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. There's some instruction here about how to deal with the devil, too. We read, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. So two admonitions. First, resist the devil. Resist those things that you know that are contrary to the will of God. Resist temptation. Resist things that are problematic to your walk with God and perhaps your family life or your life with your work. Whatever it is that uh, is not of heaven is a problem. We're to resist those things. And the Bible says the devil and his ways will flee from you if you resist them. Conversely, if you give in to the devil, his hold on your life will become stronger and stronger. You feed into the behavior he's trying to facilitate. It will continue to strengthen. It won't dissipate. It will increase. However, if you come near to God, he will come near to you. Proverbs 8 says that the Lord loves those who love him. We know God loves everybody, but he responds to love, this verse 8 and James 4 says virtually the same thing, come near to God, and He will come near to you. In other words, He responds to you. He's uh, He doesn't go one for one. You take one step toward Him, He takes one toward you. You take one toward Him, and He takes a hundred toward you. And so we are to come near to the Lord. We are to draw near to the Lord, to proceed forward in our relationships with God, being quick to humble ourselves and repent of our sins and ask for grace and mercy. Verse 10 Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. In other words, He's not going to kick you when you're down on your knees confessing your sins or asking for help or whatever it is that you're praying for. He'll lift you up if you humble yourself. So I encourage you today, and I, I encourage all believers to humble themselves before the Lord, not just today, but every day. This goes on to tell us we should not speak evil of other Christians. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. That's us, friends. The church is known for shooting its wounded. We're known for uh, spreading gossip and um, uh, malicious rumors about people in the church. People sometimes couch it under the heading of, you need to pray for so-and-so, then they'll reveal some horrible thing under the auspices of prayer, but really they're taking pleasure in revealing the the shortcomings of another Christian. The Bible says we're not to slander one another. It says that we're sitting in judgment of those people, and it's, uh, it's not our job. We are to be like Christ covering one another, and interceding for one another, and loving one another, encouraging one another, not slandering or maligning one another. And then finally, this chapter ends with a, a saying, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. My mother, my late mother, used to say, uh, when someone would ask her if she was coming, for instance, to church next Sunday, she'd say, Lord willing, I'll be there. And they would say, um, Beth was her name. Beth, are you coming uh? to the family's um, party on such and such a date, she would always say, Lord willing, I'll be there. And I asked her one time, why do you say Lord willing before you agree to come somewhere or to do something? And she says, because we don't have tomorrow. We only have today. And it's the Lord's realm, what we will do tomorrow or the day after that. So she always said, Lord willing, I'll do it. Father, we thank you that you have given us grace to humble ourselves. Lord, we acknowledge that you oppose the proud, but show grace to the humble. Lord, help us to resist the devil, to humble ourselves and seek you for help. Lord, remind us that we should humble ourselves before you, and you will lift us up. Remind us to draw near to you, and you will draw near to us. In Jesus' name, amen.